going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D Mendy here, back with you guys for week 11 of the TPF Baseball Show. Joined by Elsie, Doc, and Marty Party. Doc, you are back in the fold. How was your vacation in Colorado? You know, it was really good. The altitude got me. Um, but going to a game at Coors Field is crazy because the ball literally travels so fast. Like I don't know how people field out there. There was actually a couple errors in the outfield. Yeah, Doc was not doing well with the elevation. Uh, said he probably ate only what like a mouse would eat. A couple bites of like a burger. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> pretty much we it. can just put it out there. I projectile vomited outside of Coors Field. <laughs> you said that about me. To about 100 people just pointing at me. Is None any, of us were going to put that out there, Eric. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I embrace it proudly because I took a shot five minutes later. Marty or uh, Elsie, have you guys either, have you been to Colorado before? Yeah, I've no. been to Denver a bunch and I got to go to the uh, Coors Field and I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. I got to see them uh, beat the Astros, which was awesome. Did you projectile vomit outside the stadium? I did not. I was able to keep everything in. Um, but no, the elevation is no joke. That's why I didn't do any exercise though. That's crazy. You're a wild child. He very much is. Uh, well, tons of great stuff as we always have here each week. We've got a great, a bunch of great stuff on the rundown. But before we get to the rundown, there is something I would like to bring up. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. And this is how it goes. There was once four men named Doc, Marty, LC, and D. Mendy. They decided to co-own a team in what is called a podcast league which is where you take all the people that are in the fantasy baseball world and you decide to put them in podcasts against one another. Now, when you have four people on one team, there's going to be disagreements on draft picks, very much so where you could have two and two and be torn and you don't know what you're going to do. Now, there was one particular decision that Doc and myself, very strong, very strong for. And there was one player that Marty... (laughs) And LC, we're very strong for. And before I even say the name, they are both, if you are listening to the podcast, they are both, I think, already know where I'm going with this. Uh, but for those that are on YouTube, we like to make sure you guys get the visuals. So these are the two players in question. We have one Sandy Alcantara, and we have one Lucas Giolito. Now, can you guess which side that Doc and I were advocating for, for this team that was once at one of the highest points in the league. I think we were like one or two or three for the first few weeks, and now we were like 25th. Can you guess who's wrecked our season, Doc? Can you guess it? No. Is it is it player B, the one on the right? Lucas Giolito? It might just be. I, I want to give you, uh, both of you on the right, a second to defend yourself. No, no, they shouldn't be allowed to talk. No, Marty needs to talk. Marty this needs to really talk. This is really funny. When I came into the room before you guys were here, I said, Art, I got to issue a formal apology about <laughs> literally I told I told him about go, picking uh, Giolito over Alcantara and we went back and forth and I and, and he was like oh that was on my side too I was like we both need to apologize so I said <laughs> <laughs> during the bring out your dead segment I will is, uh, issue my formal apology so here I, I'll do it now yeah I was wrong you know as a, I'm coming to you as a man I'm, I was wrong. Where would Lucas Giolito rank on a two-star pitcher, we think, now? <laughs> oh, does he, <laughs> is he risky business? He, yeah. 
Spoiler alert for that. Yeah, he is. For next week, he's a two-star pitcher. Oof. Oh, I mean, in all in good fun, because Doc and I definitely made bad calls too. But this was just one I remember because when I it's saw the Giolito, when I saw the Giolitos written for "Bring Out Your Dead," I like it, Doc and I were texting. We're like, we got to bring it up this week. Yeah, we talked about it two weeks ago. We said, no, no, it's going to be a little bit longer. And then after his last start, we said, all right, we've let him get off with this too long. Uh, it, I mean, it'll look really bad if. Sandy all of a sudden falters and Giolito becomes like the Cy Young candidate for the rest of the season. But for oh, right man. now, it's, it is bad. The damage um, is done. Yeah, oh, Giolito it's, it's, is it's bad for sure. Um, and, and that team is bad too. So uh, it's it's not doing very well. It's not Giolito's not helping. It's not all on Gio, but he is not helping. He was supposed to be. Oh, he was. You, you know yeah. what? We we took Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, and what was it? Lance Lynn. And we no. think our no, we didn't take Lancelot in that one. Okay, well, we took Lucas Giolito and Jack Flaherty mm-hmm. in like the first six rounds, and we think our pitching is going to be set. Buxton's, wow, yeah, obviously Buxton. I, I did. I will give myself credit. This I took George Kirby, or I, I think I urged us to take George. Kirby. Uh, I think it was like in the forties something round. Yeah, so that yeah, helped that us. was that was a good pick. We got a good Kirby pick out of that. Um, Buxton we, definitely we, is not been what we were hoping he would i mean at least he stayed healthy for the most part i didn't think we were gonna get this out of him (laughs) which i should have had the team pulled up and we could just go through our some good and bad picks really fast but uh i mean why not i mean obviously this one might be a little longer show but it's all good because i'm curious what our podcast team is right now to the top of my head i check it like i know we have lane thomas on that team and we benched him the week he had three home runs that's this that's right that's right we we have a really good infield our outfield is is pretty weak yeah uh, the infield is dj lemayu jazz jake cronenworth nolan arenado and then we hop into the outfield fantastic. juan soto byron buxton lourdes guriel cole calhoun lane thomas and then we finished it out with Alec Bohm, Kyle Farmer, and Gio Urshela, Urshela, who hit a home run today. Yes. But uh, I think the um, you know. the Guriel pick was a doc special there. He's he's picked up. He's hitting yeah. better now. He's yeah. not he's not sinking you in any category. I know the power isn't there, but decent batting average gets some RBI opportunities. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't think that team is as bad as it is right now. No, I smell a second half oh, surge yeah. from this team. I smell it. I smell. It. We just need to get some some healthy pitching. If Flaherty starts looking like a decent pitcher, this team is going to look a lot better soon. Can we rename our team Second Half Surge? That always does well in fantasy leagues for myself. When I rename yeah. them Second Half Surge, they turn around. So we will do that right after this podcast. Let's do right? it. We need it. So, all right. Without further ado, you know how we do. Time to get into the rundown. All right, players that wowed us from this past week. I had to start, of course, with the man, the myth, the legend known as John Birdie. Right now, over his last seven games, a 308, 357, 346 slash. And again, just as I say every week, remember, these are not going into today's game. So these are as of Thursday morning, these numbers here. And zero homers, three RBIs, a run, one walk, nine Ks. But here's the thing. John Birdie, you can add two stolen bases to when I made this graphic. He has 19 stolen bases since May 27th, 21 overall in the season, which is first in all of baseball. And he's had 
he's not a bad player outside of just the stolen bases because he's had three straight seasons of a under 25% K rate and a greater than 10% walk rate. Uh, he's somebody that if you picked him up in any Roto League right now, holy moly, you just got the pickup of the year and you didn't even know it when you did it. I want to take this one because uh, he was a hitting streamer for me and I lost out on him by $5 in fab. Uh, I mean, what he's doing, especially the month of June, 15 stolen bases. He has 21 on the season with zero caught stealing. So he's been super efficient on the base pass. 21 games in in June is a hit in 18 of them, and he's been on base in all 21 of them. So he's given you the opportunities from there. He only has 10 RBIs, but he's providing a lot of runs, good batting average. And I just needed to reiterate one more time. I can't believe I lost out by $5. You literally, he's, if, if you miss stolen bases in your draft or, you know, we're having a lack of them, he's literally single-handedly bringing that category for you. I saw someone call him like John Bird, Birdesey or like John <laughs> Bermondesey. I saw someone do that. I forgot who it was, uh, but he's literally that type of impact right now. And I don't have him anywhere. I wish I did. Art or Marty, did you guys get him in any leagues? I do have him in, I think I have him in the uh, triple player's ball. But what I wanted to ask, do you think he's going to lose any um, playing time to Joey Wendell when he comes back? He shouldn't. I mean, I feel like they will. here at the end of the month. Super utility. Wendell was was hot. I think they're going to find space to play birdie uh, because their offense has needed the spark. And he's been he's been leading off for them and doing very well. So obviously they're liking what he's bringing. I think Wendell adds to the offense. They're going to find a place if he's continuing to do this for sure. Birdie's second and third base eligible on ESPN. So like we talked about super utility guy, I mean, he's going to play. They're not going to bench him. Shout out to Sammy Reed on Twitter who said stole second base and then third base and then stole his heart. That's what he's doing (laughs) to the fantasy owners out there right now, stealing their hearts with all the steals here. Let's go to our next guy here, Brendan Donovan. Over his last seven games, 355, 429, 452 slash, zero homers, five RBIs, seven runs, three walks, and nine Ks. He's got an over 13% walk rate and hitting every day in the Cardinals lineup, hitting uh, 371 against fastballs this season. And uh, honestly, somebody right now that looks like he could be good for batting average, I don't think he'll give you much power, maybe, you know, five to 10 home runs, five to 10 stolen bases, but. Somebody that isn't going to hurt you in terms of what he can produce on the field. And um, LC, is he somebody that you think you would want to get on your 12-team league or a, a team in your uh, 12-team league, potentially? Well, I think that he's... Now, if you're looking versus a, a Roto or versus a points league, I think Donovan is a is a great points league pickup uh, for one reason, because his Cato walk is very good. Um, so he you're getting most of the points he's creating... Uh, his BABIP's running super high right now. It's it's better than his best minor league season. But he did always produce good batting averages. He has low, little to no power, just as you said. Um, but uh, he's going to he's going to maintain his position in the in the Cardinals lineup. He's been hitting near the top of the lineup for the last few weeks, playing every day. Um, but I, I think you're going to look at his batting average dropping and. From where it is around 315, 320 across the season now to, uh, you know, 270s, 280s. That, not that, that that's a good thing to, that's a good batting average. Um, but without the power, I wonder how valuable he is in roto leagues. 
I think in a um, in a points league though, you're gonna he's he's a he's a valuable guy on your team. Yeah, definitely. I think format context is important. So I, I 100% agree with you on there. LC. Let's talk about a really exciting player, O'Neill Cruz, and he had only played three major league games this season up to this point. A 231, 231, 308 batting average and a slash line, zero homers, five RBIs, two runs, zero walks, and a strikeout. I believe he has, he also had an RBI today, and that gives him, I want to say, he's had at least one RBI in every game he's played in so far in the big leagues this year. Yep. He threw a ball 97 miles per hour in one of his first games and then hit one 112 miles per hour. He's a legit 2020 threat and somebody that in a dynasty league, like if you're doing a dynasty startup, he's going to go very early. He's tantalizing. He's six foot seven, a cornerstone for the Pittsburgh Pirates organization as they start rebuilding here. And I'm super excited to watch this kid play Marty. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, if you, his body type, I don't forget which podcast or what show I was listening to. Um, but essentially he's Jalen Brown from the Celtics out there. Like they have the exact pretty much same body. It's insane wow. what he's able to do, especially as a shortstop. Um, so I don't know if I watched the game today where he, he made a full dive, got the ball up, got up super quick and made like probably one of those 97 mile an hour throws. He's just, he's, a, he's a freak, man. He's absolutely incredible to watch. He's going to sell a ton of jerseys. Um, him and Brian, Hay- Brian Hayes. I-, I like the future for those two. Now, I still have, we still haven't seen any home runs. So I don't know if we'll see, you know, he should, in theory, he should be a 2020 threat. I, I think he'll, I don't, I don't know if we'll see double digit home runs this year, but everything that you are seeing from him, it's great. It's just that offense is so bad. Yeah. And I think that team will improve over time. They have a lot of great prospects on the way coming. And again, like he will be, the cornerstone for that organization. And he's has the prospect pedigree. He's been in the top prospects of the last couple seasons and he's produced in the limited sample size he's had and, and dominated minor league ball last year. So that's O'Neill Cruz. Other guy that's kind of interesting, Alex Kirilov over his last seven days, 333, 364, 476 slash line, no home runs, but five RBIs, two runs, a walk, eight strikeouts, I believe three doubles also. He's coming in hot after absolutely destroying AAA. I mean, it was, I think, hitting close to 400, a bunch of home runs. Now, what's always been the big thing with Alex Kirilov is his wrist and sapping power from a guy that is usually able to give you 20 home runs easy, especially just what he's had done throughout when he was in the minor leagues. You like to think that's in the past based off what he was doing down in AAA. And although he doesn't have any home runs, he is hitting right now with the Twins. Doc, is he somebody that you were trying to pick up in fab if you saw he was on the waiver wire last week? No, and it's just because I've been burned by him a lot. This is a guy that doesn't walk. He has a 2% walk rate this year, as opposed to a 36.7% K rate. The power isn't there. I'm worried about the wrist. I mean, he injured it last year and then re-injured it this year. Who's to say that it doesn't come back and plague him again? Um, he's one of the guys that I hope performs well for real life, but I, I'm just out on for fantasy until I see something else wise. I'm the opposite. I think he's got he's a path to everyday playing time, multi-position eligible, first base and outfield. And I do think that he deserves a chance. I mean, obviously, if it's not worth breaking the bank over, but if, if you can get him for, you know, like in a thousand dollar fab league, if you're getting him for like 30 or 40 bucks, that's completely reasonable to me for what he could produce for your team. 
at, you know, at a corner infield spot outfield. I, I do think he's very much, if he's out there in anything 12 teams or deeper, I, I do think that you need to make sure you pick him up. Just my personal thought, especially as a Twins fan here. Let's go to the next player on this list, and Tyler Wells. Over his last seven days, 11 innings pitched, eight hits, one earned run, a walk, and seven strikeouts. Has not given up more than three earned runs since his first game of the season and has allowed six earned runs total in his last 21 innings pitched. This, is, this could be another flash in the pan as we've seen it with Kyle Bradish. We've seen it with Bruce Zimmerman, Elsie. Is Tyler Wells in that same category where he's going to at some point just going to completely falter? We've seen it with Tyler Wells this season already as well. I mean, you you look at what he's done. His his K rate is so far down. <clears throat> he's down in the fives and five Ks per nine range after being ten and a half Ks per nine when he was relief pitcher. Hard to tell where that's going to settle. It's it's obvious that in his attempt to throw more innings, he's not able to get the strikeouts that he was able to get as a relief pitcher. Uh, the BABIP against him is is way down, and that's something that you would expect to to normalize a little bit. Um, and also, I wonder. I I am concerned. Uh, his high in innings pitch is 119, but that was way back in 2018. He hasn't come close to that since then. I am concerned about his durability as an arm. I'm concerned about his strikeouts, um, and I'm concerned about his division. But remarkably, he seemed to pitch his way into decent results. I don't trust him for very much at all. Uh, but I would pitch him. You know, I would stream him against bad offenses. I just don't trust him against anybody decent. That's fair, and I, I don't think I would trust him either. What's the old saying? I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him and. I do think that that potentially could be Tyler Wells here. Is it wrong to say when we get to the next guy here, Jose Urquidy, the guy on his team, Jordan Alvarez, is the best overall pure hitter in baseball? I mean, he is absolutely nuts. I, he just hit another home run today against the Yankees and against Jamison Tyon, who had had, a, I think, a 2-7 like seven ERA going into today's start, 2-7, ERA. And he's just, I think he leads all of baseball in OPS. And I know this, we're not talking about him right here, but I think he was the biggest steal in the second slash third round, depending on when you were drafting out there. Like he is, as a hitter, just unbelievable. And he's going to be a first round pick next year. Yeah, I mean, it's either Trout, Harper, or him. I mean, pretty much at this point, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as just overall, one of the best hitters in baseball. Aaron Judge, too. Judge, yeah, Judge, absolutely. Yep, Judge Devers. needs to be in there. I wouldn't yeah. put Devers in that category. Yeah, not yet. Maybe never. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, I mean, keep faking on, on the AL MVP. I mean, the, the, um, the, the interesting thing about Alvarez, like you were saying, he was a steal. It would, you would be hard pressed to get anyone. I remember Matt, um, Matt Williams putting out a tweet thread about how, how, you know, this is a guy you should be going after. You shouldn't, you know, don't the, the, the negative talk about him has been too much. And I asked him on Twitter, Hey, what do you think? You think, um, he could be your top hitter? And he said, No, I don't think so. I want to get more steals out of my top guy. Now that is a discussion that took place all off season. Um, and it, and it's a dumb, dumb discussion, but it, it is worthwhile to, to ask, like, can you get like someone like Alvarez, who's really just a pure hitter as your without any speed as your first turn? Obviously, if he's doing this, yeah, you can that can be your top guy, and you don't need steals from him. And that was 
I'm sorry. Go ahead, real Marty. quick in my Glarf draft, it was him or Teoscar Hernandez. Those are the two I was down to, and I was like, you know what? I need those ten steals. And he was playing Jordan Alvarez this week in a head-to-head matchup. He was hurt all last week, didn't have any home runs. Now he has three on the week, and it's just we're rolling with the punches over here, man. Gotta love it. He's fantastic, and he he was perfect if you had a back third pick because then you could use your first-round pick on somebody else, and you could get him like in the early part of the second round. So he wasn't, he could be your second hitter if you took a hitter early or, you know, if you took a pitcher as an ace and then you took him as your first hitter and then you go for a guy like, you know, a jazz Chisholm later on to try to like get some steals. He was perfect. And I had all my draft picks like in every league in that range. So I have him in like three or four places this year. And that's just when sometimes the draft works out well for you in those situations. So Jordan Alvarez killing it, but his teammate, we have to talk about Jose Urquidy. His last start, six innings, four hits at a 1-5 ERA in that start, a walk and five strikeouts. He has a 4.3% walk rate this year, which is one of the best in baseball, but a 5.99 expected ERA. He did have eight whiffs on his four-seam fastball of his 10 whiffs in his last start. I got to ask you, Marty, is a turnaround coming for Jose Urquidy? I I know he's been dropped in some leagues. Are you looking to pick him up, or is that XERA still scary enough where you're like, I'm not touching him? It's scary, but I think you, you got to pick him up. Um, in our in a ten team league, someone scooped him up right away when someone dropped him. Yeah, the XERA is really scary. Um, he does not walk people, which is pretty much the only highlight of what he's doing. What scares me is a seventeen point three K percentage. You know, his inability to strike out people is always going to keep him from being elite. So you just got to hope that he can pitch around people. He gets a lot of called strikes, and that hopefully he doesn't leave anything out over the plate because he gives up nothing but hard contact. So the 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 blow-up starts are always going to be there, but he's on a really good team. He pitches, you know, at least six innings usually, somewhere around there, maybe north of that. So he's very useful. I don't think he's one of those guys you can play the matchups with either. It, he does really well against the great teams, and then he, you know, he, he messes up against the, the bad teams. So he's going to be one of those possibly grenades at any time, but you have to pick him up just because of the wins and everything from there. I disagree. I think he's at this point a streamer, and this comes from somebody that's beating the Jose or Keaty drum. He's given up nine home runs in the last seven games, at least one per game. He hasn't given up less than three in, or three hits in a game, and when he gave up three hits, he lasted three innings. Like The silver lining is he doesn't walk, but he just gets hit around, and the K upside really isn't there. Where, where would you, your cutoff be? Would you he's a 15 team league he's worth rostering? I mean a 15 team he's worth rostering but he's not startable because he's going to hurt your ratios. But I think Marty weren't you saying he's matchup dependent? So if he's playing he is the Orioles, that's what I'm saying he's a streamer. But I think that's so, what Marty said too. He was basically saying like depending on the matchup you play him. Yeah, I guess I'm just giving up more on him and that this was my guy so I'm willing to to eat an L. Yum 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 yum. Tasty. He's being hurt is different than not performing, Doc. Uh, I, d- I don't say he got hurt from the last game when he had like one good start. You took your victory lap, and he's been awful ever since. His ERA is like low fours, isn't it? Like uh, all right, let's pull it up right now. Uh, his ERA is four point two five. Four point two, but. But 1.45 whip. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Yummy. I think there's I think there's plenty of time for him to turn mm. it around. A Much one compared in five, to their, 
a one of five record. Mm, and and Tanner Houck is now the closer for the Red Sox. Go figure. Get I got like five saves I think over the last couple of weeks too. And he's on our of- he's on our our team. Tanner Houck's a closer. He's on yeah. our team. Yeah. Didn't work out how I <laughs> planned it, but he's getting us saves, baby. And we need That's him. Like, uh, let's touch our last guy here. I don't even um Winkowski. It, uh, Josh Winkowski. I can't even say his first name because Josh. Josh. I like oh, how you look. make these graphics, but don't know the person. Well, the name. thing is, like, you make them, but then like you see the viewers and like the time at the top, so it blocks the name for me. Not so, if like, you full screen it. I should wait. Hold on. Why don't I do that? Ah, that's what I'll start doing from now on when this comes up, and you'll never know when I can't read the name. Josh Winkowski, over his last two starts, 11.2 innings pitched, 11 hits, a 1.54 ERA, two walks, and five strikeouts, a 14% K rate. That's ghastly. 14 or 44% hard hit rate. That's even that's a gangari, and he'll get to stay in the Boston rotation. Technically, they said he earned another spot. Did anybody think that was funny? Ghastly <laughs> gangari. No. Nah, I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, any are we interested in him at all? Is again kind of like a Tyler Wells like regressions coming? I don't really want to be a part of that when it hits. I think he's going to have a spot I mean, in rotation just because the Red Sox can't seem to have enough healthy arms. So I would give him a shot based on what he's done so far. But just like we saw with Fiedo, the blow up might come. Yeah, he's a yeah. streamer. Could be. Uh, if he was a two-star pitcher, would you play him? It depend on the matchups. Big time. Okay. All right, fair enough. Then we'll we'll kind of leave it at that. And now we've got some players we got to talk about for, of course, our next segment here. Bring out your dead. Yes, yes. I have to find my slides for bring out your dead. There they are. All right, everybody. Here we are. You have all come to to bring out your dead. We are here to rid your 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 fantasy rosters of these terrible players. They're already brought up on the show today, and uh, and brought up many times uh, in in our in our uh, in the in the in the tweet machine. Lucas Giolito, Britain, our boy Britain, brought him up. And uh, I love this one. He says that is all I have to say about that. And I read that. Like Forrest Gump. That that's just how I do it. Um, Josh brings up Giolito. Nick says it's time to old yeller, Mister Giolito. Nick, oh, I think God. you're a tr- true fan. I think you're a tr- true fan, and that's a great old boy. And don't bring out your dead. We're gonna we got an old yeller, Mister Giolito. We're going to bring him out to the sh- shed and make the boy shoot him. Uh, there's Dave McDonald wanted to make sure he brought up Lucas Giolito. Uh, you know, not only that, more people talking about Giolito. Now, this is from the Discord. Uh, 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 Looky, uh, Looky D wants to know, is it time to buy low? David David says, uh, get in the Discord. This is the types of questions you can get answered right away. David said, I definitely would. This will probably be as cheap as you can get them. I agree with that, David. David, you you still you're still on the buy low with Giolito. One hundred percent. I think any even though, panicked fantasy manager is is going to definitely take. They're not going to sell them for nothing, but you could definitely. This is as cheap as you're going to find them. So I would try to put some offers out there. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's a decent, that's a decent thought. I, I, I saw these fun tweets. Tyrone asks, have the Sox tried unplugging Lucas Giolito and plugging him back in again? <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> That's my, that's my fixed everything, uh, um, move. So, um, but we got the Chicago White Sox fan, uh, Chicago White Sox fan, Mike, talking about how he's been since COVID. That is something that was brought up earlier in Bring Out Your Dead when Gio was brought up before. Um, Gio has, uh, Gio has, uh, been rough since he got off the COVID list. So with seven starts since COVID, 7.46 ERA. Our boy Tristan, not our boy, Tristan Cockroft. Is he the one who sings? Should I sing this tweet? I don't know. He does sing. Uh, yeah. Lucas Giolito has a 9.47 ERA in his past five starts. Even Tristan knows what's going on. And when mm-hmm. Tristan tells you something, you know everyone knows. Lucas, you've been rough. We still want to buy low, but come on, guys. You, Marty and I are eating it over here for you, Lucas. Let's start p- picking it up. Let's see who else was suggested. Who else needs to get dragged out? The next person on Bring Out Your Dead is, uh, let's see, is, oh uh, yeah, Connor Joe. Bill Hammock submitted two guys to Bring Out Your Dead. This is the first of them, Connor Joe. Remember when he was a big hot pickup? Remember when he was the hot guy starting the season? Not anymore. One home run since the beginning of May for Connor Joe. In April, he was at 1.05 runs plus RBI per game leading off. He has been at 0.67 runs plus RBI per game in May and June. Is he droppable? Well, Mike Curlin tweeted that he has sat two of the last four games, once against the righty, once against lefty, with Jonathan Daza getting some playing time and Bryant coming off the shelf. Connor Joe might be droppable right now. He might not be... Uh, he- might not want to hold him. He, his playing time looks like it's going to be cut. And he's, his, his average is still good. He is not producing power or counting stats for you. Um, Bill, I think, also brought up Cesar Hernandez. Is this Bill? The, 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 the slides come up slow for me. Yeah, Bill brought up Cesar Hernandez. Cesar, Especially if he's not leading off. Yep, his his 21 home runs from last season are a thing of the past. He has zero this season. Power way down. Will he continue to lead off if he does? His runs are decent, but his runs plus RBIs, he's not doing much for you. I think he is droppable. So if you're watching on YouTube, there is a beautiful picture of a drop of water to show how droppable he is. Thank you. Uh, Ryan Ireland, our, our, um, brought, wanted to, uh, wanted to drag out Max Muncy and, uh, Whit Merrifield. Now, Ryan is a fantastic fantasy baseball player. He's the commissioner of the Canadian Earth League. He's also in the triple play, triple players ball. I think he picked mm-hmm. in our league. He's probably doing better than at least one of you guys. Um, but <laughs> he brought up Max Muncy and Whit Merrifield. <laughs> so uh Max Muncy hit a home run today. So talking baseball, this is a funny thing. This is Twitter. This is why you gotta love it. They they put out Max Muncy home run. He's really starting to get going. And um I beg to differ. Just twenty four hours ago someone someone tweeted Max Muncy, aka Rally Killer. Max Muncy, when did he actually start getting going talking baseball? 
you get that blue check mark, you got to, with great power comes great responsibility. He was hitting 136 in April, 164 in May, and 179 in June. So, yeah, he's hitting 30 points better in June, but it's still under 200. Power's not there. Production's not there. Um, I say you bench him now until he shows signs of life. He's on a modest three-game hitting streak right now. Hopefully this is the sign you were looking for, but I still don't really trust him. I think that injuries are going to affect him all season. Whit Merrifield, tonight, before uh, before the show, rumors are that the Royals are trying hard to trade Whit Merrifield, uh, harder than ever before. Watch for that. See where he goes. Um, I did find a tweet that he was the worst player in baseball by WRC Plus in May, May 9th. He's still only hitting 232 with three home runs and 33 runs, 30 RBIs, and nine stolen bases. He's giving you steals like you had hoped, but it's the 20th most stolen bases. Stolen bases are up this year. His BABIP is down. His ISO is down. The positive sign, his expected batting average, 282, where he's hitting only 232. Hopefully that starts picking up. Hopefully the power comes through. I have doubts about that. However, I will say, this is. Oh, I'm sorry, LZ. Go ahead. I was gonna no, say I have no, the no, best. Please. I have the tri- I have the triple players ball standings up, and we have LC in seventh place, which you've kept that kind of under the wow. radar. I've you've, you're doing pretty well in the triple players ball. I think you're second overall in our league, and then Ryan Ireland's 14th overall in the triple players ball. I'm 26th. Marty Party is down. At goodness gracious, he is. Thanks, David. Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be even worse. <laughs> I, was, I was saving that. Marty's at 36, and holy moly, Doc, you're at 43. <laughs> you're two up from last. All right. Well, oh. you know, this is how bad my team has been. I have four catchers, and they're all on the aisle. Mitch Garver, Kyle Higashioka. That's a rough you go. Also, you also have uh, James McCann. James McCann. I- I forgot the last one. That's like rough. Ten of, my, ten, of, 10 of my players, I think, are out for this season. Yikes. That's rough. That is rough. You have Rendon. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Rendon's it's, a tough one. Good old Rendon. Lord is Gurriel Jr. is on your team, though. <laughs> <laughs> you also have his brother, Yuli Gurriel. At least you you stick home to family, Doc. Hey, David, speaking of family, remember when you blew a 90-point lead to me on the last day of our home league? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> well, you were saying, you were saying, speaking of family. Oh, I'm just enjoying this. I'm looking at his roster, and it's, it burns my okay. eyes. Okay. While you look at his roster, I am going to tell you that this is Witt's third appearance on Bring Out Your Dead, a legit third appearance. It's nickname time for Wit. Multi-hit Wit is a three-time dead guy. Now the wit the 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 wit Merrifield nickname is gonna be outwitted, outwitted with a H with an H outwitted, and that is when a veteran stat compiler stops compiling. You've been outwitted by that compiler. Um, well done. <laughs> so that so two two nicknames so far. We have a, a Badu when a player you bench starts producing, and outwitted when a veteran stat compiler stops compiling for you. Uh, the last, the last person on Bring Out Your Dead, Giancarlo Stanton, cold, 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 all for the past week or two, 
um, suggested here by uh, Discord member Looky D with that great Gollum uh, uh, picture in his Twitter profile. Heck to the yes, he has been in one hell of a slump. He was one for uh, 30, about uh, one, one home run, three runs and two RBIs since June 14th. He had a bad, he not a bad start to tonight, though. One for one, three run home run. I'm not sure if he's followed that up with anything. Hopefully, Looky D, this home run tonight uh, gets him back on track and gets him uh, helping your team again. Uh, hopefully, there are less players next week to bring out your dead. That's all we have for this week. Yeah, John Carlson, one for three with the three RBI instead of home run, but no strikeouts today. So good for that. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a big list this week, LC. I think more people are uh, frustrated <laughs> with a bunch of guys on their fantasy teams not producing as we get into the midpoint of the season here. Let's just quickly, really fast, go through team schedules for next week. The things you need to know, the Mets, the Diamondbacks, the Giants, and the Tigers all play five games. Mets, Diamondbacks, Giants, and Tigers. And then you have the Blue Jays, the Twins, and the Guardians play eight games. Blue Jays, Twins, Guardians play eight. Everybody else plays six or seven. So just keep that in mind with those seven teams in terms of roster decisions you'll be making for those weekly leagues. The most added over the last week, Brendan Donovan topping the list, added in 35% of leagues. Kendall Graveman now the quote-unquote closer for the White Sox while Liam Hendricks is out, even though he did not get the save in his first opportunity. He was used in the eighth inning. Zach Davies, John Birdie, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Luke Voigt, Spencer Strider, and Michael Harris top the list there. Then we look at our most dropped. And again, this list usually is a big injury list here as Anthony Rendon is out for the year again. And he was dropped in 47% of leagues. Corey Knable, Tyler McGill is going to miss extended time now with his new injury. Hinjin Ryu is going to have Tommy John. He's dropped. Steven Strasburg dropped. Edward Cabrera, who I believe is getting ready to come back. Bryson Stott and Zach Eflin. So we had three Phillies on this list, which is, I feel like, a lot for a drop list to have three of the same <laughs> players on the same team. So very interesting with that. Now, Doc, do you want to go ahead and take us some hitting streamers? Tell us about some here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Got to go back to my second. I missed this last week. So, you know, sometimes I try to go with the young people, but sometimes you just got to go with the vets on a hot streak. And that's what we're starting now with A.J. Pollock. Owned a 25.4% of the SPN leagues. He's hit safely in 11 out of the last 12 games. Multi-hit in eight of them. He scored 11 total runs. Moncada is going to be on the IL for a while. And Tony LaRusso loves his vets, as we know by his lack of playing time for Andrew Vaughn until he was forced to. And he's been hitting fifth in a good Chicago White Sox lineup. It's going to be hopefully some RBI opportunities for him. The White Sox play six games next week. So that's the first person that you'd want to add. We're going to sandwich it in with Isaac Paredes. And Marty, does this hurt a little bit? I mean, this is what happens, man. You give anybody to the Rays, they're going to do better than what we can do. <laughs> so he's in 0.8% of the SPN leagues. Uh, the name itself probably rings a bell. He was the main piece in the Austin Meadows trade. He had three home runs on Tuesday against the Yankees, including two against nasty Nestor Cortez. Eight home runs in his last 65 at-bats with only a 14.7% K rate. He's second and third base eligible. And 
Tampa has had a lot of injuries to their outfielders, so they were talking about him potentially getting some reps out there, which would open up more, more eligibility for him. And he's only had 193 plate appearances prior to this season. He's 23 years old, so I don't think it's it's too early to write the book off on him. He's somebody that I would add just because I think he's going to get playing time on a team that seems to get the most out of their hitters. And Art, you're going to love this one. It's Mr. Carlos Santana. Now, this is a points league stream. I just want to put this out there. Owned in 41.3% of the SPN leagues. His last seven games, he has a 387, 500, 692 triple slash. He has a 347 OBP on the season. And this is why I said he's a points league streamer. He has one strikeout in his last 32 at-bats. So very seldom is he going to give you negative. And the Royals play six games next week. So if he's swinging the bat like this, hopefully he's playing most days. Yeah, and sad for us people that have been waiting for Vinny Pasquantino to get called up because he's not making it easy with the way he's been producing recently. So Carlos Santana definitely deserving of being a streamer there. Now, Doc, I have a request for you. Mm-hmm. When you put your slides in, can you instead of just doing copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, <laughs> can you actually just name the slide, just like say one or two okay. or something okay. like that? Because I think at some point it's gonna break because there's gonna be too many copies of copies of copies. Okay, all right, that's fine. Just, I'm giving you a hard time. No, it, it's it's not aesthetically pleasing. That's fine. <laughs> I, I was wondering you. how many copies of copies could go before it would just run out and not work. Can I put, I'll just put copy carrot sign 10. Yeah, there you go. Copy to the 10th power. All right, Marty, you want to go ahead and go and tell us about some two-start pitchers this week? Oh, yeah! I'm so happy to be back to do this again. Doc, I miss you, you and your trolling. Um, Britain's too nice of a dude. He couldn't, you know, he didn't lay into me enough. So um, I, to be fair, I also agreed with a lot of your picks last. Well, time. I mean, they're, they're great picks. I mean, it just makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, okay we'll as this. always, these are the two star pitchers coming up. Uh, this will be week 13. So we're moving along this year uh, pretty quickly. As always, we start off with Gwen Stefani and the no doubters. These are the guys you're going to be playing pretty much no matter what. Uh, Zach Wheeler versus the Braves versus Cardinals. Clayton Kershaw at Colorado versus San Diego. Robbie Ray, you got to play him. Baltimore, Oakland. Tyler Anderson, he has made it to the no-doubter list against all odds and against all XERA and all those other stats uh, at Colorado versus San Diego. Uh, the, the vet, Adam Wainwright, continues just to do it. First, the Marlins at Philly. Frankie Montas had a, a wow, what an amazing uh, day today. He went eight no-hit um, innings and then he eventually lost because the Athletics are terrible, but he's at New York and then at the Mariners. Miles Michaelis versus Miami at Philly. Kevin Gossman versus Boston versus Tampa Bay. And Sonny Gray, your boy, David. He's doing really well, actually. All the stats look good. He's got a really good schedule this week versus the Guardians or at the Guardians versus Baltimore. So those yeah, are the no doubters. Well. Say what? Yeah, he's pitching well. Yeah. Yep, yep. This is what the uh, the Twins wanted out of him when they when they got him. I can't yeah. believe Tyler Anderson is a no doubter, but I can believe Michael Miles My- Michaelis is. He got upgraded. <laughs> he did get he he got the upgrade. He's been great. I, there's there's no doubt about it. And Anderson, I mean, he's doing it every single week. There's just no way you're not going to start him. You know, mm-hmm. you're not not going to start him. Am I right? So moving on. These are the yeah why nots. These are pretty much like you drafted them early. Or they've come on quick and, you know, they're doing pretty well. So you're going to play these guys as well. 
Um, but they're not elite aces. So there's obviously a little bit more um, leeway here. Um, but yeah, starting with Pablo Lopez, who I put the beautiful picture of him in those uh, powder blue jerseys. Those are one of my favorite jerseys in baseball. Uh, first, the Cardinal or at Cardinals at Washington. Charlie Morton, he's making a turnaround. The old vet is finally um, starting to feel himself. First, Phillies at Cincy. Eric Lauer at Rays at Pittsburgh. Jamison Tyone continues to do it. First, Oakland at the Guardians. Jordan Montgomery versus Oakland at the Guardians as well. Luis Garcia at Mets versus the Angels. And the Angels are one of the worst hitting teams over the last month, especially against right-handers. So do, do not be afraid of those uh, few all-stars when you, when you actually get down to it. They're WRC plus. They're like, I think they're around 24. It's pretty brutal. Uh, Luis Castillo at the Cubs versus the Braves and George Kirby. We were just talking about him. He's been, uh, he's been doing really well. First Baltimore versus Oakland, two really good matchups there. Here's my favorite segment as always, the risky business. So these are the guys that unless you're like in a 15 team league or, you know, you're pretty desperate, you need counting, uh, counting stats or you're feeling lucky. These are the guys you probably want to stay away from, but at some point I can understand why you'd have to play them. Starting with my boy, unfortunately, Tariq Skubal, who was once, I think it was once a must start. He has fallen from grace uh, versus the Giants or at Giants versus KC. Michael Waka at Blue Jays at Chicago Cubs. Shane Boz versus Milwaukee at the Blue Jays. John Gray at Kansas City at Mets. Zach Plesak versus Minnesota versus New York. Keegan Thompson, Cincinnati, Boston. And Keegan Thompson, I was actually looking at him. He was almost a should start. So he may be one. He's kind of like a sleeper this week. You know, if, if you're desperate for somebody, I think he could do pretty well. And he has two. I mean, Cincinnati's hitting better, but in Boston's pretty good. So the matchups aren't great, but he's been pretty good. Uh, Ross Tripling continues to, to impress, honestly, um, against all odds. Uh, versus Boston, versus the Rays. Jose Quintana, another, he was in my, he, I'm not going to lie, he was in the sitting category, but I did a little bit of digging, and I'm looking at Washington, I'm looking at Milwaukee, and Jose Quintana continues to do it. So, uh, playing versus the Nationals. And, I can't uh, believe you put him having three things. Why'd you have to put he writes for, or he pitches for Pittsburgh? He doesn't deserve know, special like, treatment. Just for everybody to know. You know, I, I think that, uh, I think everyone wants to know, where does Jose Quintana play? I mean, he's been on 15 different teams. So, you know, anyone tuning in, I just like to just provide that extra information. You know what I mean? I don't think he's worthy of it, but continue. <laughs> Chad Cool, uh, versus the Dodgers at, uh, versus Arizona. Tyler Wells, there he is at Seattle, at Minnesota. And Lucas Giolito. I think I should be the one that takes them out back and, you know, uh, <laughs> at the Angels, at the Giants. I mean, it's, it's risky, but oh my God, you're probably spent a second round pick on them. So you're probably going to play them. And then let's move on to, oh, my slides have moved. Let's, Mr. Hansen, take, let's take a seat. These are the guys do not play no matter what. Madison Bumgarner versus San Diego at Colorado. Devin Smeltzer at Cleveland versus Baltimore. Jose, I told you Jose Quintana was in the sit, but I, I changed it. He's not there anymore. Dylan Bundy at Cleveland versus Baltimore. Jalen Beeks versus the Milwaukee at Toronto. Paul Blackburn, who remember when he was really good those first couple months? Yeah, oh, those the days. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 dead. At New York at Mariners. Tristan McKenzie versus Minnesota versus the Yankees. Two of the best offenses in baseball right now. They're both top 10 offenses. The Yankees like number one, but Minnesota's top 10 in WRC+. plus. So watch out for them. And then Eric Feedy, uh, Fetty, it doesn't even matter. Don't play him. First Pittsburgh, first Miami. I uh, disagree with that. You are Which one? On, on Fetty Wap. 
Fetty Wap? Yeah. What, what stands out to you about Mr. Fed? Uh, last game at, at Orioles, six innings, two hits, four strikeouts. Game before against the Braves, five innings, 5.1 innings, three earned runs. Yeah, he, he hasn't finished been that game bad. with a 5.06 ERA and a 1.88 whip. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, but look at the matchups he has. Pitt and Miami. I think that's a risky business. I don't I'm like sticking, agreeing with Doc. I don't like I'm agreeing with him, but up, I do. I'm sticking up for Eric's, okay? Yeah, I, I, just the matchups alone. I, that, I, it, are that, is that the best two-step you could possibly get? No. no. Detroit and Detroit. <laughs> Actually, Oakland's worse. <laughs> Detroit is 29th, Oakland's 30th, and WRC plus first righties. Um, so me, yeah, if you're feeling Fetty Wap, go ahead. If you're feeling, uh, if, if you're feeling extremely risky, maybe. But for me, I'm, I'm sitting them. Motor City Bengals. Those are the Say two what? teams. I said Detroit and the Motor City Bengals. That's what you want to stream them against. Oh man, yeah, I. Uh, Eric Fetty is definitely a, a questionable one in the sense of like the matchups are good, but I agree with you normally, Marty. Like that, his profile isn't necessarily like fantastic. Well, but I Marty, was, Marty wants I'm gonna go to go over his last. E- oh, I'm gonna go over his ERA. So yeah, he had a really good start at Baltimore, which is now turned into one of the best pitchers' parks there is in baseball. So keep that in mind. Before that, he finished 5.06 ERA, 4.76 ERA, 7.71. 40.5. Talk about the teams he has to face, though. We're talking about uh, he, it's risky You're, business because of the match. All right, so I have over the last two weeks, WRC plus Pittsburgh is 10th to, from the bottom. They have an 88 WRC plus against yeah, right-handed sucks. pitching. That's true. And then Miami, over the last two weeks against right-handed pitchers, is 13th from the bottom. So they're about mid-pack, but there are 95, so a little bit under average but again we will find are out in a start- week. let me ask you this are you starting them in a 12 team league uh, if i need the starts if i need yeah. the starts yes like I, I this week in my 10 12 team league i had seven starters and we get 10 so he'd be someone like i would have picked up to start yeah so I, I, I honestly didn't think everyone would be coming out of the woodwork for uh mr uh mr fetty Watt, but you see it first here i'm no, bringing up his uh stack half i know you don't want to spend too much time on this guy but now, now, now that I've been questioned, I need to look. Oh my gosh! Oh, the people want to know. Twenty-two percentile walk percentage, twenty-first percentile. He's not hard hit rate. Everyone's destroying the ball off him. He doesn't once, do anything well. Once again, we're talking about the matchups, though. We're not okay, saying so he's a great pitcher. We're going to have to remember this for next week so, when he has his two. He's starts. a bad pitcher. I don't care who he's playing against. Art, what do you? <laughs> where do you side with? Are you? Would you play him or no? My thought is that uh, Marty needs a picture, a picture that a picture that goes for yeah, why not? That's my thought. He's got one <laughs> for no doubt. He's got one for risky business. He's got one for take a seat. We need a yeah, why not picture. That's my thought. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not the creative genius behind it, but <laughs> I'm thinking like a like a Jersey Shore thing, like where they just like are like take somebody home and they're like yeah, why not come home with me? or something like that. I'm oh. I'm, 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 <laughs> Okay, I didn't know where you were going with that, but actually, uh, kind of like we can. Uh, that's that's good, David. Uh, Two a.m. Why not? All right. Uh, uh, this this was worth it. This was week. This was worth the week hiatus to have David question. <laughs> they were agreeing too much today. I know this is a weird feeling. Maybe we needed a week apart. Mar- Marty probably wants me to take another week off. Go ahead, Doc. Why don't you tell us talk about some pitching streamers? I got you, David. So the first one. 
is Mr. Zach Davies. And if you're looking on the YouTube channel, I think this is a middle school picture of him. How did you find a middle school picture of Zach Davies? When you type in Zach Davies, the third picture is him and his former wife. And then this is like the fourth picture that comes up. There's, I think, one picture of him in a Diamondbacks uniform, and it wouldn't let me use it. So owned in 10.7% of the ESPN leagues. He's I literally five- typed it in right now, and it is not coming up. I I don't know. Maybe my computer just is different. Eric uses Internet Explorer. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Chrome guy. I've learned from Art's mistake. Actually, no, I'm a Microsoft Edge guy. That's true. But gone five innings pitched in his last five starts, and that includes versus the Dodgers at San Diego and at Cincinnati. And he has 28 Ks in those last starts, so he's giving you a little bit of upside as well. He has a 3.96 ERA on the year, but he has actually a 3.6 expected ERA, which is the lowest of his career. And the last bullet point says, faces Tigers, enough said. Would you start him, Doc? Yes, I would. Okay, I'm picking. I actually already picked him up. Yeah, so great minds think alike. The next one is the non-sexy Marco Gonzalez. And normally I try to have it below 50%. He was at that yesterday, not today, but 51.2% now. He's had quality starts in six out of his last eight appearances, and that includes at Toronto, at New York Mets, and versus the Houston Astros. He has limited K upside, but he's been very efficient in not walking uh, batters. He has two or less in five out of those last six games. Now, the sixth game, he did walk six batters, so I do want to put that out there. But he faces the Angels, who scored more than five runs one out of their last ten games. And they went for 11 runs, and they lost to the Royals. They've been a pretty stagnant offense outside of Otani. Mike Trout was in a huge slump earlier this month, and as mentioned, Anthony Rendon is out for the rest of the season. And the last one, this is a risky business one, but Dylan Bundy owned in 19.3% of ESPN leagues, and he's flashed upside in favorable starts. He has a high ceiling, but a very low floor. The last outing against the Diamondbacks, eight innings, four hits, one earned, seven Ks, started the season 3-0, and and he faces the Rockies in Minnesota, who have a 239 batting average on the road and average 3.22 runs per game. So I'm thinking it's a favorable start for Mr. Bundy. Dylan, Dylan Bundy's like playing with fire. I don't know if... uh, That's what I'm saying. He'll do a really great start for you or he'll blow up. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's go now. Let's talk about our weekend warriors. <laughs> Let's do it. So I went pretty deep this week. You know, sometimes I, I skim the top, but these ones, I, you know, I took the extra time, you know, rolled up my sleeves, and we got we got some good ones here. So um, starting with Albert Elmora Jr., Cincinnati outfielder, 2% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Over the last seven days, he's hitting 267 with three home runs, four runs, and six RBIs. He's going to be at the Giants for three games, um, which isn't, I mean, obviously they have a, um, more of a pitcher's park and their staff's not too bad, but he's batting every day in the Reds lineup, which has bounced back a lot. Um, Art and I kind of went into it before we hopped on, but you know, there are some teams that have started to turn it around and the Reds offensively are actually pretty, pretty good. Um, and on the season, he's batting 287 with five home runs and he even has your two steals. So he's doing a little bit of everything since he's been called up and, um, you know, he's extremely under the radar. Number two, uh, Christian Walker. He's still forty. He's only forty-one percent rostered. Um, he, I know he's only he, over the last seven days. He's six for twenty-one with a two eighty-six batting average, three home runs, four RBIs. He goes against the Tigers this weekend for a three-game homestand. 
and he's batting every day in the fourth spot. So I, I really like uh, Walker this weekend. And lastly, Robbie the Gross Man. I swore him off. I dropped him in pretty much every league that I could. But over the last seven days, he's somewhat turned it around. So he's only owned 24% of leagues. Uh, last seven days, he's batting 250 with two home runs, six RBIs, four runs, and he's hitting the top of the lineup of the Tigers. Obviously, the Tigers aren't that good, but anytime you're going to get those extra at-bats, and they're going against Arizona, which by my calculation is ranked 23rd in team ERA, um, and they don't do a really good job, and they walk a lot of people, and that's kind of where uh, Robbie stands out. So if you're in any type of like OBP league, you definitely definitely fire up Grossman, and I think he's going to be good for this weekend as well. Uh, moving to the pitchers, Josh Winkowski. We already talked about him. Boston, 7% rostered. He's at Cleveland for a Saturday night. So you did ask me, Dimendi, would I start him? I said it depends on the matchup. For this weekend, I like it. I, I would roll him out there. Over his last two starts, you know, 11.2 innings, he has a 1.54 ERA, 1.11 whip. He's won both games. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but it is what it is. Number two is Bo Brisky uh, from the Detroit Tigers, 4% rostered, and he goes against the Diamondbacks. Over his last 17 innings, he has a 2.04 ERA and a 1.02 whip. Only 12 strikeouts, but he's, he basically isn't walking anybody. Now, when you look at his expected ERA, regression is coming, and it's going to be probably one of those Alex Fiedo, um days, but I don't think that's going to be the, uh, the Diamondbacks. And then number three was my sleeper from last week, JT Brubaker. He just came off a really good start against the Cubs. 8% rostered, and he's at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not hitting the ball well at all. They're ranked twentieth, um, ranked twentieth overall in WRC plus versus righties this year. And just to give that some context, um, the Baltimore Orioles are currently, uh, no, sorry, the Washington Nationals are a better offense right now than the Tampa Bay Rays. So JT Brubaker versus the Rays in Tampa. I like that start. A tiger, a pirate on there. Very ballsy, Marty, but I can respect it. Both of them. Uh, Going into the weekend, especially for the fact if you need pitching, you need to pick up some players. Those are probably both on the waiver wires. Same with uh, uh, Witkowski, too. So I got deep, baby. We went deep. I love it. I love it. You, Marty jumps right into the deep end of the pool. So that's that's how we roll here. Uh, LC, why don't you go ahead and tell us about some arts, charts, and some trends? All right. So we'll see if this... Works all the way to the end of the show. I'm still here, in case anyone is wondering. <laughs> Trends, I made it easy. Uh, who is hot on, on the upstart hot teams? That's the trend we're looking at this week. And I'm going to start off showing you this great picture of Mookie Betts, if you're watching here. Uh, he's doing the bullhorns. Up to May 31st, 14 teams had a WRC plus of greater than 100, with the Dodgers leading the way. At 117. Now, since the beginning of June, hitting has really picked up. And since June 1st, uh, the New York Yankees lead a group of 20 teams that have posted a WRC plus greater than 100. And theirs is at a really incredible 145. Close behind them, the Toronto Blue Jays have a 143 WRC plus. If you're watching, I got a great picture. I thought cool picture of Aaron Judge going right here. I wanted to focus on the teams that have really started to turn it up in June. The teams that have really uh, increased their WRC plus from the first two months into June, the teams that have jumped at least 10 spots in WRC plus are Toronto, San Diego, Cincinnati, 
the Chicago White Sox, Baltimore Orioles, and the Atlanta Braves. All of those teams have jumped at least 10 spots in the rankings of WRC+, and they are all above 100 since June 1st. Now, if you're looking at these teams, Toronto, San Diego, Cincinnati, the White Sox, the Orioles, and the Atlanta Braves, you're going to wonder who's been carrying these offenses. Uh, That's what I wondered. So trends this week is which players are carrying the offenses that have turned up the heat in June and really started to produce. Of course, Atlanta's had that great winning streak, and Cincinnati had that terrible start to their season. So let's look and see. Atlanta's surprises, I'll call them surprises. Atlanta's breakouts in June. Dansby Swanson has a 174 WRC+. Michael Harris, 180. And Adam Duvall, 141, are the top three on the team of WRC+. Any of those guys are available in your fantasy league. I think they're worth a pickup. Duvall uh, uh, was a weekend warrior, I think, last week with a big home run or two weeks ago. Uh, these guys are, are definitely being suggested by triple play often, but uh, they're producing now. Baltimore jumped from 26th to 11th. They were 26th in the first two months, 11th this month. They're big producers. Ryan Mountcastle raking 176 WRC plus in June. Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini, and Austin Hayes are all also over 138 in WRC+. plus. Great pickups if they're available in your leagues. Not available in most deeper leagues, however. The White Sox have six players this month posting a WRC+, plus over 120. They've jumped 20 spots from 25th in the first two months to 5th this month, best offense. Um... Jose Abreu, Jake Berger, Danny Mendick, who has been replaced by Tim Anderson. So don't pick up Mendick, even though he was very hot. AJ Pollock, uh, Luis Robert, and, 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 uh, Andrew Vaughn have all hit uh, over 120 WRC plus this month. Cincinnati, which really feasts on its home games. So if you get Cincinnati and they have a home schedule, think of it almost like a Colorado thing. Brandon Drury, Tommy Pham, Kyle Farmer and Joey Votto have been leaving, leading their surge. So if Drury uh, is available in your league, he might be. He's probably not in your deeper leagues. Farmer is someone who I've picked up everywhere that I can. He's been hitting very well. Last season was his mini breakout for him, and he's continued that. Uh, San Diego also really jumped. Jake Cronenworth with a 190 WRC plus this month. Also, Jerks and Profarm, Luke Voigt picking it up. Manny Machado had had a, 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 a really hot start to June. Of course, on the IL, we'll see if San Diego can keep this going without Machado. Toronto, of course, hitting 143 as a team, WRC+. plus. I didn't put any surprises for Toronto because are you really surprised that they're raking? If you want to know who's doing the best for their team this month, it is Alejandro Kirk. So definitely if he's available, I doubt he is. Pick him up if you can, though. These are the trends I'm looking at this week. Always a great segment there. And you were with us the entire time, Elsie. This is a first in a long time. <laughs> Very much uh, <laughs> yeah. worth celebrating. A couple things here before we, we end the show. Did you guys, any of you guys own Ryan Presley in a league? Yeah. He just gave up a three-run home run, game-tying three-run home run to the Yankees. And the also gave up a single right now. So he just completely blew up. Yankees tied the game. 6-6. Six, six. 
against two of the best teams in the American League. Chef's kiss to my team. <laughs> is that on your triple players team? Uh, probably. <laughs> I, I have him. I have him in uh, TGFBI now. Oh yeah, that's gonna kill you too. Um, so yeah, that's going on. The other thing I wanted to bring up here: shout out to Chris at Baseball Pods. Who, if you're not following him on Twitter, um, he first of all is like just a great dude in general. Just knows a crazy amount about baseball and fantasy baseball. Listens to all the, the podcasts out there too, and highlights great things about them. He sent me a question the other day, and he put this out on Twitter. He said, "Who are your top five favorite athletes ever?" And then, "Who is your favorite current athlete?" And he said, "This is sounds like this would be a perfect triple play question." So I said, "We're gonna make sure we read this one on the show." And so I asked you guys real quick. I know I didn't tell you ahead of time because I wanted it to be straight from the heart and not be able to think about it too much. Who were your top five favorite players of all time? And then who is your current favorite player? So I, if you guys want a second to think, I can go first. We all answered this, by the way, on our Twitter accounts today. Yep. Did you? Yep. Yeah. Where I, have I been? I, I have mine up. So I'll hop in first here. Good. So um, number one is going to be, do, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> long day. Number one is going to be Andrew Reynolds. So that is a professional skateboarder. From the Tony Hawk games. So, um, Doc gave me a, he liked that one there. Um, let's see here. Number two is going to be Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers of all time. The most, that was the most excited I've ever been watching a player play any sport is Calvin Johnson. Uh, number three, Chauncey Billups, four, Matt Stafford, five, Dirk Nowitzki. I love Dirk. And the current is Luka Doncic. He's my most favorite player to watch, um, just currently. And I, I have some honorable mentions, Miguel Cabrera, Pavel Datsuk, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Mr. Justin Verlander. So heavy in the Detroit, but a lot of good ones out there. Man. I was going to say, a lot of basketball, too. Like, uh, you would that think basketball is your favorite sport. For like 15 do years, cross, it was. Are we going to do yeah. a crossover pod where we all talk basketball? I'm down. I, to be honest, to Marty's point, like, I used to watch so much basketball growing up that I had to, like, be like, why is there, like, so many basketball players on my list? And I like, cause mm-hmm. you're like, you transition from that, but I, I totally get where you're coming from with that, Marty. Um, LC, do you want to go next? Yeah. Uh, my top player of all time is Andre Dawson. He was my favorite baseball player as a kid. Two, Michael Jordan. Never going to replace the elation of what he gave me as a fan of the Chicago Bulls. Mark Grace, great hitter. Um, Jason Kidd. My favorite non-Bulls basketball player of all time. Loved watching Jason Kidd play. And Greg Maddox, my favorite pitcher of all time. So there's uh, two basketball players and three baseball players. If I was going to pick a football player, I don't watch football anymore because I um, it's just not something I, I, I don't agree with the sport anymore. He took a stand! Yeah, but Mike Singletary was my, my favorite football player of all time when I was a kid. For those vaunted Chicago Bears and their defense mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. period, I totally get that. Doc, what's your list? Uh, so starting out with Gilbert Arenas and David, I hopefully he's on your list. I, I knew he was going to be on your list. Yeah, have to. Uh, Tracy McGrady, the guy that really helped get me into basketball. From the college basketball, Juan Dixon. Um, growing up a Maryland fan, that was our first love for David and I. Alfonso Soriano, that season when he came and had his 40-40 was magical as an ads fan, especially as they're suffering. Patrick Willis, the first 49 that really drew me in, and current George Kittle. Great personality, great guy. He's your favorite current player of any sport? 
I can't think of one that I have above him. That's fair. I just didn't know that. Is that a football player? Yeah. Oh, Marty, you might have to have your football card revoked. I don't like football. I don't watch it. I'm with Art. Oh, I really didn't. At first, I thought you watched football. Maybe Tim Boyle, just because he was on the pod, or Eckler, but I don't know. Well, I will say this list, I should have maybe put Eckler in there, um, in mine. If not, he's not. He's close. Um, I did have for mine, as I pull it up here, because I should have had it pulled up ahead of time. I had, this is not an order, by the way. This is just my five. Jamal Charles, who is my favorite football player, I think, of all time as it stands to this point. He's, uh, at the running back, he just made me fall in love with the running back position and obviously played for the Chiefs, my favorite team. Paul Pierce and Gilbert Arenas, both my favorite basketball players. Paul Pierce, I was, Doc can tell you, I was obsessed with True. Paul Pierce. I had like 120 of his cards and um, loved everything about him, but I felt like he wasn't recognized like the other superstars were. So I kind of liked that chip he had on his shoulder. Gilbert Arenas from being in the area. And then two twins, Denard Spann and Johan Santana. Denard Spann is my favorite baseball player of all time. And I don't think that will ever be topped, especially because I got the chance to talk to him one-on-one on the Triple Play YouTube channel. You can check that out. Um, even better. I, I, we still talk every once in a while, too. So he's he's that's my guy for life. And then Johan Santana is by far away my favorite pitcher I've ever watched. That 17 strikeout game against the Texas Rangers is something I'll watch a couple times a year just to relive those when he was just utterly dominant. And uh, current ones, it would probably be Patrick Mahomes just because he's he gave the Chiefs a Super Bowl and I love watching him play. But I also wanted to throw a baseball player in there just because I do so much football and baseball and I thought about it. And I think my new favorite baseball player Currently in the MLB is Bobby Witt Jr. And I mean, we're not we're not surprised. That would have been my guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think he just how much I touted him this off season, and just for the fact that he's exciting and he's the Patrick Mahomes of baseball. <laughs> that he's uh, I'm gonna ride with him probably as my favorite player while he's in the league. So I think he's he's got that title for me. You gotta get the jersey, man. I don't believe it till I see the jersey. I have to get more jerseys. I have like you can't wear them. Like, they're they're impractical. That's yeah. That's my main issue. I've started wearing obscure jerseys to random games, so now I wear my Oral Hershiser to Orioles games. Everybody's like, "Yo, you know this is an O's game. Why are you wearing a Dodgers one?" Okay, I know more baseball than you. I can wear whatever I want. Fair he's enough. A personal, yeah. you know, he's a personal friend of ours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One day he'll come back on with all four of us on there. That would be fantastic. We would have a good time with that. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap us up unless you guys have anything else you want to add. Of course, Marty, I know you do a ton of writing as everybody else that listens knows that you're out there doing your thing. Anything you would like to plug to the audience? No, I'm still just doing the two starts, you know, two start pitchers for fan tracks each week. Um, my biggest thing is I'm just happy Doc's back. You know, I, I felt like there was a big void left. And him being back, it's just, it keeps us all on our toes. And we appreciate that. And a shout out to Art, who's since fallen off. <laughs> Art had did have to step off a little bit early, but he always is. Uh, uh, it was a pleasure to have him the entire show this week. <laughs> we have not had the experience of that uh, for his segment. But uh, Doc, what about you, man? Yeah, you know it's interesting. My friend picked me up from Colorado right as the podcast was starting, and he's like, "Wait, are you listening to your pod?" 
And I was like, dude, I haven't taken a show off in like six months. I was like, I miss it. <laughs> so like Marty said, it's good to be back. One of the highlights of the week talking with you guys. And for everybody that just tunes in and listens to us or follows us on Twitter, comments on Bring Out Your Dead, joins the Discord. It's awesome. We love it. It's a great community that we have in the Discord and doing the show with you guys every week. Something we've committed to. I don't think we've missed a week of shows in two years. I think there's been something on the podcast feed and now the YouTube feed every week for two years. So it's something we will always have something every single week, especially with four of us on here. If one of us can't make it, we hold it down. So shout out to to Marty, to Doc, to Elsie, to the entire crew, even the, the Discord behind the scenes that keep the fantasy baseball chat buzzing constantly all day. It's a truly awesome community and we love all you guys. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube so you don't miss out on any time the videos drop on the pod or the YouTube feed. And Elsie's back. <laughs> For the closing of the show, Elsie is back. Elsie, was there anything you wanted to say before we got out of here? We were literally we were about to close up shop here. Uh no, man. Uh thanks to everyone who's listening. Uh thanks for everyone who sent in uh sent him some comments. Awesome. Yeah, and if you listen to the podcast feed, you know it's always in the, the podcast feed courtesy of the editor himself, Elsie, every single following morning. So shout out to him and shout out to you all. So appreciate you guys. And for Marty, for Doc, for Elsie, for myself, we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. We'll catch you guys next week.